This is NBA Sound System at NBA Summer League in Las Vegas, coming to you from the Thomas and Mack Center on the campus of UNLV. For the very latest, check out our full slate of Summer League podcasts by searching NBA Sound System on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. You can also visit nbasoundsystem.com to listen in. Thanks for being part of NBA Summer League 2019 on NBA Sound System. What's up, everybody, and welcome inside Thomas and Mack Center on the concourse inside Thomas and Mack in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, for more NBA Summer League coverage here on NBA Sound System. Jimmy Cook, coming to you live alongside me, some partners in crime for today's conversations, NBA.com's own Bo Estes, and a fellow member of NBA Sound System, R.C. Davis. Guys, I know it's the summer summit of summer league, and I know your schedules are very busy. So thanks so much for taking the time to talk a little bit and enjoy the summer league action here on NBA Sound System. Well, thanks for having us, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy, it's great to be with you. I uh, love the energy here in Las Vegas, in particular here at uh, summer league. It's it's unlike any other experience. If you travel around the league, uh, there are some unique flavors. This is one of them, and it's it's one you don't forget. It's exactly the same thing as. MLB's winter meetings, except we're allowed to come. You see, NBA, <laughs> you see NBA dignitaries, and you know you see Pat Riley and Jerry West walking around, and you can go up to former players and take selfies. And everyone who's anybody related to the game of basketball is here for ten days in the middle of the summer in Vegas. And you know what's interesting is is I've had people talk to me, uh, different media members from other sports, saying. What do you think we need to do to replicate in our sport the success that they're having in Las Vegas with Summer League? So when other sports are starting to notice what we're doing here and what's going on here with NBA Summer League, you know you've hit a mark and you you know you've opened some eyes. I thought initially you were going to say, how do we replicate the success that your league has had? Because the answer to that might be try to hire Adam Silver, as the NFL tried to do <laughs> just a few months ago. But if the answer is, what do you want to do to try to replicate NBA Summer League? Well, the first people I would be calling would be the co-founders, Warren Legary and Albert Hall, who this is year 15 for those two. And, you know, when they first started, just having a handful of teams at this point now, 30 teams and two international squads as well. And this thing shows no signs of slowing down anytime soon. Not at all. Each year it has grown. We even have a team from Croatia and China here. Every year it has grown. And I think when you speak to the popularity of it, you know, football, you got guys in helmets and baseball. The, the guys aren't exactly fan friendly all the time. Basketball is an intimate sport. These guys run, they're close to the action as fans. These guys are in shorts. You see their face. It's more intimate. These guys, you feel like you know these guys. And you mentioned Albert Hall. Uh, I'm working with Sports Business Classroom out here in Las Vegas. And Albert gave a speech to our students who are studying scouting and analytics and the salary cap. And one of the things he said, and you know, you talked about it, RC and Jimmy, 15 years ago, this wasn't what it is now. 15 years ago, Albert Hall was out in a Walmart parking lot dropping off flyers on cars, free basketball, come and see us, come and see us. Well, they came, and it's not free anymore, but it's, it's, a, it's a big event, and it's something you really, really need to see. But it's practically free. I want to say it's $35 for 10 games, two courts, sit anywhere you want, come first come, first serve, cheap food. It's amazing right here in Las Vegas in the middle of summer. Now, you guys have been around the block a couple more times than I have. 
And when you look at Summer League right now, we'll leave it at that. But when you, when you look at Summer League, we mentioned Albert Hall, but, you know, we key on as well the, you know, man behind the machine that is NBA Summer League as well, Warren Legary. He envisioned Las Vegas as being the place for a summer hub to happen. Initially, there's a great article, I've been a couple of them, but there's a great article on Bleacher Report that talks about how at one point in time, in order to get the attention of, at the time, then Commissioner David Stern, he you know, was basically, I believe this is paraphrasing from him, stalking Stern at one of the All-Star games, um, trying to get a meeting with him. And, it, and at times, he did. He finally got a conversation with him. That initial groundwork eventually led to them giving him clearance to do it, but it was like, we're not getting involved with this to start off with. It's all on you. And so they had to go, and that's where you point with, you know, everybody just handing out flyers and, and making calls and trying to get people to be involved in this. It, it, it is their baby, and we've been able to be a part of the ride of seeing it grow up into a, a, a truly uh, a, a perfect adult in Sin City. Well, as you say, David Stern, marketing genius, he's like, well, wait a second, we can get two weeks more of NBA talk in the middle of our offseason? Where do I sign? Exactly, and, and Commissioner Adam Silver as well, a big part of, of, of that push too. He well, you, saw the, the vision as well. You know, playing off what I said earlier about other leagues wondering how they can replicate what the NBA has done here, what the NBA has also done is you can be in the middle of baseball season, but you go anywhere and the headlines are stories in basketball. Basketball dominates the headlines throughout the year. Uh, there's a joke we have at NBA TV and NBA.com. Uh, hey, it's the off season. What offseason? There is no <laughs> offseason anymore. It's constantly really going, and it's good for the league. It's great for fans, and, and uh, honestly, it's great for us because it keeps us going, and, and these stories stay alive. You're focused not only on who's winning the NBA championship, but as soon as that's done, there's the draft. Then we come here to Summer League, and we see those players that were just drafted, and then people from around the world were trying to figure out who's going to be next at Summer League. And speaking of who's next, Jimmy. Taco Tuesday. That's right. Taco Tuesday and the cheers that you hear, Taco Fall of the Boston Celtics getting probably the loudest chant that I've heard in the concourse for any of the special player guests that have been here to sign autographs. Yeah, Which isn't know. a big surprise considering the ovations he's gotten on the court as well. If you don't know who we're talking about, seven foot six, Taco Fall out of UCF. Zion got a big, you know, pretty, I think he did, yeah. pretty big yell. Uh, R.J. Barrett got some pretty good cheers. No one has gotten more cheers or coaching staff has gotten booed more for taking him out of the game than Taco <laughs> Fall. They're putting him in. They're, they're chanting to put him in just on, to block inbounds plays from the other team. He, he's dunking without even jumping. He's unbelievable. And look at this line of people wanting to beat him. This is incredible. Where else? And like you said, they're chanting his name as he just walks down the concourse here. <laughs> taco, taco, taco. And the thing that, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, that he's dunking without jumping. He's the tallest player in the history of NBA draft combine measurements. So when I come here, I'm looking at Taco and I'm saying to myself, well, can he get up and down the court? The thing that's impressive to me is he's more fluid than I thought Not he would be. Not plotting at all. No, no. He's able to get up and down the court. He looks okay. He even showed off a little bit of a dream shake in last night's game. I was calling the highlight last night on NBA.com, and I see the stats 5 of 5 from the field. He was fine out there. I mean, you know, the NBA is a, a league that switches on the perimeter so much now, and, and so you have to be able to guard for at least a moment a smaller guy. I don't know how he does that, but I tell you what I do know. 
he's passed every test. And so if you keep passing tests, you keep advancing. And if you keep advancing, one day you make it to your dream. Yes, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're an NBA and you're a basketball junkie. And there are those that say, well, Summer League is Summer League. Sure. I don't, I don't, as Jimmy and I were saying in the last broadcast that we did recently, five for five is five for five. You know, when you, when you score 57 points, it doesn't matter if it's at the Y. He's 7'6", he can run, he's an NBA player. Whether that means half the season in the G League or not, he is going to be in the association. To take a quote from my late father, the people that say Summer League is just Summer League and go pound sand. Summer League is awesome. <laughs> I love it. You have people, in, we haven't mentioned this yet, but Bo and RC were talking about before we went on air. There are people, we're outside here of... Uh, section 102 there are people in taco costumes in the taco <laughs> fall line it is beautiful it, it is, really is. It, only at summer league i don't care if it's if it's not the high level that you're going to see night night on the nba it is fun it is great and to your point rc there is not i would go as far as any baseball minor league promotion it goes pound for pound with the amount of value you get for your buck to come out here and go and be a part of these festivities at you at at the campus of UNLV for summer league. This beats nickel beer night. This beats whoa. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, pick your minor league promotion. You can you can remember this. You can remember this. <laughs> okay, that it beats okay. it out for that reason. Yes, you right. walk away remembering. <laughs> Are you saying you that saw. we don't remember our nickel? Beer? I mean, yes, exactly. <laughs> but in all seriousness, this is a. These are tomorrow's stars today, and I know that sounds cliche. And, I think know. it's real. I think it's real, though, what you're saying, because these are these are players. Jimmy, we're not just talking about NBA teams that are here, but all 30 are. We're talking about on the ride over uh, to the arena, I was in a car with two coaches from Spain. I talked to a coach from Illawarra in the NBL, so it's an Australian league team. The thing that you need to know about Illawarra is that's where LaMelo Ball is going to play. Ah. So they're here looking for players. So Australia's here. China's here. Everybody is here because, you know, we've populated 30 NBA teams. Not everybody is going to make an opening day NBA roster. Some might be in the G League, but some might be useful to a team in Europe. So the, the path to get to the NBA isn't necessarily a straight line for everybody. That's the dream. But, you know, there are coaches, there are teams, and there are leagues around the world that need what you're seeing on the floor. Only about 15% of these guys out here are married to their pro teams. The other 85% are trying out not just for the NBA and the 27 G League teams, but they're trying out for China, Croatia, sure. Europe. So I can only imagine that a league such as Spanish League is sharing a ride with you <laughs> coming over to see what's going on in Vegas. And that specifically brings up and brings us to an interesting point that RCU and I had previously talked about on a NBA Sound System broadcast. And of course, you can find throughout all of the podcasts located on NBA Sound System. With Summer League now having two international teams, is there a ceiling for what this event can be? Do you envision there being more and more teams added at the international level? Is this going to be an ever-growing landscape here in Las Vegas? I think the idea that, yes, it's going to grow because the sport of basketball is growing. The interest in basketball is growing. And I, I talked about it not only growing from a, a calendar standpoint. You're watching the news in July, and it's NBA. Wherever you go to get all your sports news, it's NBA. So you start with that, and then you add into the mix in, in your recipe. Hey, there is teams from – look, there's 
There's teams in Scotland that look at players. North Carolina basketball players have gone to Scotland and played professionally. There are teams all over the world, and as that continues to blossom, this event continues to blossom, and it makes it bigger, it makes it more interesting, and it makes a, be a better opportunity for both fans and players. And it could be a testing ground for what Adam Silver has talked about doing with the soccer model. Maybe a mid-season cup, maybe a play-in game, maybe we get some teams, not just two countries, but maybe we get a whole 30 countries, and we're doing like an all-star international American thing. The, the, the limits are endless. That's a fascinating conversation for me because you're talking about Champions League, which is is such a huge and booming uh, boom for soccer. Think about it. It is now bigger than the Super Bowl worldwide. So if, if Adam Silver sees that says, well, why aren't we doing that? Why don't we take that approach? Well, if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, maybe they should be relegated to the G League. <laughs> now that's that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, so all of a sudden you get into all these conversations, and if the Lakers get relegated, <laughs> I'm going to jump off the stage. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> feel feel like the our fine folks on the East Coast, that being the New York Knicks, might be <laughs> might be closer in line than the Los Angeles Lakers, but. Hopefully relegation isn't uh, is a – I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, no, I will tell you It works in soccer. It makes it more interesting, honestly. Two things about relegation. You're a small little city. Your team can get promoted and promoted and promoted and win the biggest thing in the world. We're going fully off the rails, but I'm going to take us off the tracks first before we get back on the tracks. Oh, okay, great. Uh, if that is a serious conversation that happens, I demand every state have one NBA team. You, no, no, First, that's, that's, not that that that's, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. They'd have a minor league team, and they could get promoted, Jimmy. Okay, so okay, Santa fine. Warriors, fine, so but that needs to happen Dakota then. Wizards right. yep. could be back in the mix. Yes, exactly. So well, what if you have a situation where it's the Santa Cruz Warriors and the Golden State Warriors in at the same time? Let's fight it out, baby. Fight it out. Let's fight I it like out. I like it. Let's fight it out. And my, my vision of us off the tracks here was involving a secondary NBA league where every team had a NBA 2 so to speak, and then you're promoted in. I don't know. We're, 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 we're going all over the place here on NBA Sound System here from NBA Summer League. And we talked a lot in that last segment, as fun as it was, about the international game. And when we focus that inside to the Chinese select team that is here, a one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Chinese player to ever the step greatest. foot on the hardwood. The, the greatest. greatest, without a doubt. Okay, I, I want to make sure I'm just being... He's a Hall of Famer. He's the Yao, Yao Ming is here. Yeah, Yao Ming is here. And a quote recently from him has been that he feels like, from a legacy standpoint for him, in 5, 10, I don't remember the frame, but let's say 10. In 10 years from now, if the best thing about Chinese basketball that's being mentioned in conversations is Yao Ming or is just another Chinese big man, he will feel like that he failed in his legacy. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. And you know, a lot of pressure is put on certain people to do certain things. People got on Michael Jordan for not getting involved in politics, or, or some people, they, they wanted them to do more. Yao has grabbed that entire country and has made it his mission to make Chinese basketball legitimate. Stefan Marbury has a statue. <laughs> the, there are jokes that you can make. Jimmer Fredette went over there and, and lit the league on fire. But in all seriousness, they, they don't want just some big guy coming over to the league because he's rare. They want to get a guard over here, a wing guy over here, just to show that in Asia, the sport is growing just as fast. You know what? I, here, here's what I think. I don't think he's going to fail. That's what, that's what I think. I think the sport is growing there so much. 
And I think the fact that we know about some of the things that are going on in China as it relates to basketball tells you that. Yao Ming came to America. He was, a, a, if you don't remember, he was a fabulous player at his peak. Uh, he really, really could change the game. He wasn't quite as tall as Taco Fall. Uh, but <laughs> Only one inch shorter. Exactly. But he was a big, big, big man with a load of skill. Gabe Shackham. Yeah. Fits. He's one of the few guys that can really, really go pound for pound with Shaq and, and have some success. So I, I think, you know, Yao Ming, the player, if you don't remember, he was terrific. And but, he did it in only nine years. Yeah. But Yao Ming, the ambassador for the game, I think is equal to what his playing performance was, and his playing performance was great. Focusing in on the specifics of the Chinese select team, earlier this week, I was told, I'm not going to give the source, haven't fact-checked it, so we're just going to throw it out there anyway. <laughs> oh, great. The Chinese team, <laughs> the, Chinese, the Chinese select team, were the first international team to record a victory in summer league play when they defeated the Trout Hornets 82-80 to 80 earlier this week. Tell the story of what happened toward the end of the game. My biggest complaint with that entire game, the name of the young man, Joe Chi, I believe, from the Rockets. Joe Chi, correct. Okay, so Joe Chi is is thrilled. He gets a rebound or, or a steal. Mode. He's in celebratory mode with like three seconds left. He throws the ball up into the air in Cox Pavilion. Okay. Which it looks like, as RC pointed out, I said my high school gym, but that does nothing for the broad scale audience. So an auxiliary gym is basically the feel of it. I had the sound on in one of the booths that I, sound off in the, one of the booths I was working in, and they stopped play, and there was no celebration. Yay, we won! It was like. Oh no, something has happened. And it looked like on the broadcast that he might have hit the roof of Cox and that the Hornets were going to crack at it. Because when they it, were looking at the replay, right. and I was immediately reminded when it happened of a play, Bo, you probably remember this, Wizards, Raptors, probably eight, nine, ten years ago, Michael Ruffin in celebration just throws the ball in the air. Mo Pete of the Raptors catches it and shoots it to win the game. <laughs> and that's yes. immediately what I thought of when this happened. And, and you know what that goes on? That would be your all-time number one on Shaq and a Fool. Correct. Right? Oh, that for is sure. Your Undisputed, one undefeated. If that Fool show ever goes back in the history of the game. Oh, bad. Oh. Shaq and a Fool archives? Yes. Correct. You, I, you may have made a little show for us here. I, there you go. Maybe. There you I go. if I could get a uh, licensing for that. Anyway, what happened with that was it turned out they were just checking to see where a foul occurred. Free throws were... were Taken and made, and uh, the, the, point uh, of the story is they were elated just because they beat the Charlotte right. Hornets, and they should be. Look, it's a, it's a historic accomplishment. No matter who Charlotte's populating the court with, right. I think for this team to come over here to put what they do on the line and and to struggle and to struggle and to struggle, but finally break through with a win is meaningful not only for them but for for you know basketball in China in general. And if you don't think that those fans aren't following, go on Twitter and and, and you know, mention what they're doing and look at the reaction you get. The main point, though, with that then is that they were victorious. That is a proof of concept that, in theory, as the game continues to grow, teams can be successful here in Summer League. But secondly, it's a two-part question, okay. where does that rank, historically speaking to you, in the annals of Summer League? Nowhere. Nowhere? No. No? Well, you got to remember, the Hornets have probably two players on their roster, maybe three, that are going to be at the NBA roster. So it's like, you know, they had Dwayne Bacon and Miles Bridges, uh, Devontae Graham out here, but I don't know. It's Summer League. It's well, I'm sorry. Sorry for your late father and his love of the game, but 
pound sand, RC. Uh, <laughs> so no, I, I think it matters. Uh, I don't know that it's a, it's a huge, huge thing, but uh, here's what I think is more meaningful. When a team, a club team from China, a club team from Australia, comes over and beats the Oklahoma City Thunder in exhibition season with the NBA players, I think that's even more meaningful. In a preseason game, yep. in an NBA arena, then it's going to mean something. Yep. Fair enough. I'm, I'm going to take uh, revisionist history and uh, uh, knee-jerk reaction history, and I'm going to point to uh, the... That moment as the, as the greatest moment of the history of Star. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing I do want I do want to close Apparently with. Apparently we were wrong, RC. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. Um, one thing I do want to close with as we continue here on the NBA Summer League coverage here at NBA Sound System. Jimmy Cook alongside Bo Estes and RC Davis. Uh, the one thing I do want to close with is something that started in the G League, was adopted in a trial basis here at Summer League, and now announced earlier by the NBA Board of Governors that challenges will officially be utilized at the pinnacle of the sport in the NBA in a one-year trial basis this upcoming season. Please tell me they get flags. So Beanbags. Yeah, they can play like cornhole on that the was, side. We, we, me, and, me and RC had this great idea earlier in the week that <laughs> it, right where the middle of the coach's box is, you just have two cornhole boards for each team, and you just throw it in there. I mean, Doc Rivers doesn't pay attention to the coaching box anyway, so he can get as close as he wants. Slam dunk in. He would dunk his. But I could see Frank Vogel, like, you know, maybe going with a hook shot. Or something it could be good fun. Behind the back. Are you saying you know, that we incentivize successful cornhole shots on a referee? Sh- okay, I that, am. That's a different approach that I'm not sure the NBA considered, but maybe it's an oversight. We then we then we then quickly learned that it was just a simple call a timeout. You know, toy your finger around the air like you do when you're signaling for a review uh, regularly. If you're a player on the floor, it's upset with a late game call that's been made. But seriously, Bo, what do you think about? Are you happy with it? Yeah, Are you happy thing. with this? And the key thing that we should point out is it's you can't do it on non-calls. You right. can only argue and throw the flag on a call that you want to go your way. So I, I, here's what I have to say about this. and I, I'm borrowing the words from a, a discussion I had earlier with David Aldridge uh, addressed the students at Sports Business Classroom. One thing that baseball really struggles with is the length of those games. I don't want to see, one of the great things about NBA basketball is the quick pace and the athleticism that you're seeing and the energy that creates in an arena. I don't want to see that sucked out of an arena for this to slow down. What I care about is getting calls accurately. It really matters. And one thing I, I don't like seeing is when a referee is handcuffed. What I mean by that is when they go over to the replay booth and can only review certain aspects, then they see they've made a mistake in call, but they can't correct that. So, I, I mean, I think it's a work in progress is, is all this replay stuff, but I think this is a step forward so that a coach can get involved a little bit. And, and you know, again, this, this is we'll see how it goes. I think it has a shot at being good, but I think the perfect replay uh, model hasn't been found yet, and, and, and we'll keep working towards that perfection. RC? Like the NFL, will you get a timeout back if the call goes your way? Sure. Well, so so the to, to re-clarify there slightly, and I, I know that when we were talking about we were both confused that I've read up a little bit more on the distinction with the rules. So in order to activate the challenge, you call timeout, they stop play, they go to the monitors and they look. If If the challenge is correct, you get the timeout back. If the challenge is incorrect, you don't get the timeout back. Got it. However, my unpopular take here. Why is it unpopular? We haven't heard it. Because I've been on Twitter. (laughs) Um, 
I think you should get the challenge back if you get it right. Two things, Jimmy. One, unpopular on Twitter does not mean unpopular in the real world. Uh, and two, I... I Spoken I, like a wise old sage, Bo. Stop calling me old, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, secondly, I think, uh, you know... Again, like I said, it's a work in progress. I do think you deserve that timeout back. I do think that that's important. But what about the challenge back? But that's what I want. I, li- I like, I, I well, like how that. How many challenges but then you get into do you the, want? Just one. Yeah, like I know. How I know. Challenge it. So if you get it back, and then you can still use it again, and then you get it back, and you can still use it again, and then all of a sudden we got a four-hour game, and TVs, uh, TV networks are selling commercials for days, but nobody's watching then, because then, the game slowed down. Then I'll compromise a total of Thank two you. challenges. But that would be the scenario that you get the first one right. So it's not like a repetitive loop. If you use it and you get it back, you can have it one more time. Use the entirety of the it? game. Right. RC, talk to the guy. I, look, the games, the, this isn't baseball where the games are just really long and like that. Basketball, like he said, moves at a, at a fast pace. And rhythm and momentum has a lot to do yes. with the game. So if you're rolling along, I could see a coach maybe knowing the call's right not throwing the challenge flag because his team's rolling. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And, and maybe it's we talked about, we talked with mean earlier in the week that perhaps it's a situation where if you get, if you're from a strategy standpoint, there's a call that happens that's very controversial in the first quarter, but you want to save it for the end of the game. Or before saving, the two minutes. Saving yeah, timeouts. Right. It's like saving timeouts. Right. Yeah, correct. So in conclusion with all of that, satisfied with the challenges or kind of uh, come talk to me later once we've had the year trial over? Your trial will take place in the G League? No, 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 no. This is, this is this in this the is NBA. 2019, okay. 2020. Well, One year trial. We'll talk next summer here at Las Vegas and see how it went. Work in progress is my first answer. Second answer, Jimmy, you're wrong. Okay. Okay. Third, <laughs> thir- third answer, I'm putting, I'm putting everything in the middle. I'm all in. When we come back here next year, it will be successful. It will be a successful product. Jimmy Cook, you're always right. That's Bo Estes and R.C. Davis. I'm Jimmy Cook. Thank you so much for joining us once again with our NBA Summer League coverage here on NBA Sound System. For more, stay tuned on NBA Sound System for all of our summer content, podcasts, and more. So long, everybody. This is NBA Sound System at NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. Check out our full slate of Summer League podcasts by searching NBA Sound System wherever you get your favorite podcasts or visit nbasoundsystem.com.